On the next hour of the Smitty and Mitty Show, Scott Crawford from the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame will join us. Plus, does the NHL need to rethink the All-Star game? All that and more is coming up next here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Smitty Mini Show back for another week here inside the TSMS radio studios and across the airwaves on the TSMS radio network. Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith here with you for another hour or so of mediocre sports talk. Let's thank our sponsors. Dave Middleton, Sun Life Financial Aid with Roger Under the Sun, Goldline Curling, the choice of Champions. My my mother was gonna get you a new spot. She did. Line, did. She, she did. They're, they'll be playing this week. Okay, so perfect. So stay tuned for those in the commercial break. Because she was actually pretty upset that she didn't get it in last week in time because the tanker did happen a couple weeks ago. Was a huge success in Port Elgin. Congratulations again to the uh, teams. I think we talked about it last week, so I'm not gonna dwell on it here. But uh, thank you to Goldline and Dave Middleton for being sponsors of the show. Noah Smith. Tyler Middleton, what's going on, my friend? It's been a long time no see. We only get together about once a week now to record the shows. We're getting very efficient at what we do. And I like it. It's not I mean, bad. We don't need more, really. We don't need more. Sometimes we get together twice a week if that's how it works out. I but, know uh, that It's always one... better if we get together in studio, we find. I know that one day of me is enough. I Yeah, I won't disagree. I understand that. I so I, I'm not going to try and be here more than I need to be because then your parents are just going to get upset, you get sick of me, and then all of a sudden you're like... We're on the front page of TMZ fighting or something. Yeah, yeah. If we make it on the front page of TMZ, then I'll it's see you five day. days a week. That's a slow day. Yeah, it's a real slow day. It's been a slow week if it comes to us getting on the front page. Any page for that matter. We're not big news. Uh, what do you want to talk about today? Because we've got a few things coming up. I want to know uh, if you're angry. Why? So. With what? With I signed, you? I signed with the Luke and Irish 9. Right? Yes, this is big news. I signed with the Luke and Irish this 9. happened months ago, but big news. We'll bring it back up again. Uh, and then all of a sudden, my old team got granted into a AAA loop that basically plays in London. And they want me to play for them, obviously, because they're going to be in London a lot, just play away games. I'm just basically here or within a 40-minute drive of here. So my travel's down, and I can still play a couple games. But but I feel like I'm just letting you down if I do that. You're not really letting me down. You're just disappointing me, right? Like yeah, You know I how your that parents were never mad? Your parents were always just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. I'm not mad. I don't know. My dad broke a bat over a tree. Once. He got pretty angry. Dave was mad. <laughs> he got a pretty Dave, angry. Dave something. didn't get disappointed. Dave got mad. Yeah, he wasn't happy when I kicked a hole in the wall. That well, some of us didn't do stupid things like that. But so. I mean, to be fair, I was trying to watch a movie and he told me to go to bed before the movie's over. Who does that? How old were you? Oh, I don't know. It was still in own sound, so 10? Okay, so yeah, valid, right? 10-year-old probably should go to bed. I'm not saying it was the wrong move. I'm just saying why we didn't why... need to break the bat. Was this the same day? No, no, no. Oh, okay, I was gonna no, say no. That was later. I don't remember what happened with the bat. I don't. If, I just if your remember... ten year old disagrees about going to bed at, at bedtime. I don't think breaking the bat on the trees, the next thing. No. Uh, so like I, we were in the middle of watching a, a scary movie, and right before the climax ending, he then shut it off and said it's time for bed. And I was I was angry, so I put my heel through the wall. And I was immediately, I went and I grabbed my piggy bank and ran it back. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And gave him all the oh, 
five dollars and fifty cents. I don't watch a whole lot of movies, but when I do, you better let me see the end. Well, come on. All I'm saying is, if if you're not going to let me stay up to watch the end, why start it? Mm. You know, you know how long it is. You know where movie comes on TV at 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 nine o'clock at night. You know that thing's at least an hour and a half. And this was on TV. That's a uh, pushing two hours. This was back in like the this this was back in the in the blockbuster days. So like we purposely went out and got a movie and got popcorn. Like you made a night out of a movie night when you went to Blockbuster and you only had it for three, I think some were three, some were five days before you get penalized. So it's not like I had all the time in the world to watch it again. Do people nowadays still rent movies from stores? Is that a thing? Is there, are there stores you can rent movies from? I'm pretty sure the variety store in town here still rents movies. I am almost certain of it. If they're there, then somebody's got to be renting them, right? Why would, would they think. have them? Otherwise, they're just old stock, right? Like I don't think they're getting any new movies in. No, like, is that I, I don't still think... a thing? Like, there's no way people still rent movies physically. I don't think Avatar: Shape of Water is going to be released into the local. Not under the Blu-ray. Store. No, you don't think? No, it's I don't gonna, think they're going to have that. It's going to cost way more than they're going to earn in rentings. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I miss those movie nights. I do. It was a good thing, like you said. Yeah, uh, we'd have sleepovers with friends. You'd go down to the store, grab your snacks, grab your movie for the night, and, and you it knew was what exciting. You were doing. It was exciting when you walked in there because you went to the new releases where it was only like a two, two night rental or something. And you're like, oh, I don't want to. But if you went over there, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, you can get that for five days. And guess what? Daddy just ate the, ate the return fee. Yep. It's still sitting at home. <laughs> it's uh, now I just got a new movie. Which is probably why they went out of business. I think they probably just had no stock left because people were like, what, $2 a day or I just don't return it. Okay. Yeah. I basically get it now. You want me to pay your $10 rental fee or your, this your is late mine. fee? This is mine now. This is not my movie. This is mine now. Uh, coming up later on the Smitty and Mini Show, we should probably get into what we're talking about on the show uh, this week. Scott Crawford from the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame will join us in, I believe, our third segment on the show today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the 2023 class as well as some of the inductees from 2020 that are going to be joining uh, that 2023 class this June in St. Mary's, Ontario at the induction ceremony. So Scott will join us to talk a little bit about that. Of course, Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Um literally this weekend as the show is playing. So we'll dive into the preview of that as well as some NFL and some football. But do you want to get things started here with what happened last weekend? Can we ask Scott? I think we did last year, but like a media pass would be nice, right? Yeah. I mean I'm generally way too busy when that weekend comes around. Happens on Father's Day weekend. Listen, you can make time to go see Jesse Barfield and the boys get inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Could I probably? And we can go for a trip down to the Bouncy, the Bouncy Water Castle. Okay, yeah. So we're, we'll make a trip of it. Yeah, and then we get, we got a day of it. Okay, there's lots to do in St. Mary's. And maybe we can actually go into the Hall of Fame and see some of the artifacts, because I've I've never been in there. Never? No, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, they actually recently did a renovation as well. So nice and open, uh, new building that they're in. So anyway, Scott will join us uh, in the third segment to talk a little bit about that. Uh, this past week, NHL on their All-Star break, the NHL All-Star game taking place. And I feel like we ask this question every single year. Did you watch? Did you care to watch? Does anyone watch? People watch. You, do you think people legitimately sit down to watch that? People on my Twitter are talking about how bad it is. So I would bet. I'd take it yeah, they weren't. Do that I'd take it they it. weren't in Florida. I'm talking. I'm talking sitting down watching like from not from start to finish, but watching a good chunk of it. I'm sure people like turn it on, click to see what's happening, maybe watch a half a half hour, maybe when you know Crosby and Ovechkin are playing on the same shift, you look for a couple to, to see, but. Uh, I don't think anyone goes from start to finish of that thing. No, I think you're right because we did the same thing here. I was like, ah, turn it on, right? I got to give it a shot. Just uh, take give a Give them a shot this year. See what's going on. See what's new. 
Uh, newsflash, nothing new. Same old gimmicks. Um, you know, some of the same competitions. Also throwing in um, some new stuff. They just, I feel like they try too hard. Like, they, they don't need to be as above and beyond as they are with the theatricals and the and the showbiz, if you will. It's they, too much. They want it to be a standalone, like, to showcase the NHL. and But just nobody cares. And you know what? The players don't care. That's evident. It's I don't even know if you got, you know, back in the day, get off my lawn kind of takes here. I don't know if you went back to a fully competitive, even the teams care. Like, go back to an, an MLB all-star game where it, it meant something to win. I still don't think people will watch. No, because what what do you what do you watch what do you watch sports for? Generally, you watch to see you watch your to team root win. on your team to root on your team to see your team win. There's no team for me to root on. Like I'm not rooting for a conference. I don't care. There's no reason to for who's going to win. And listen, I get it. The All Star Game as a as a principle as a thing. A I understand maker. it as a money maker because that's what it is, right? So the 2024 All Star Game. Just announced this past week coming to Toronto. That building is going to sell out in the snap of a finger. It's true. I'm not saying I wouldn't go. Right? Like, it is going to sell out. And because I feel like it is a much better event in person. I've never been to an All-Star game in person, so I'm not going to try and knock it and say that they should not have this event. I guarantee you the kids love it. I guarantee you that the 20,000 people that are going to be there are going to enjoy themselves. I just feel like on TV, they're just trying too hard, and it's not entertaining for the average hockey fan. I think anyone would agree that being in the building and seeing all those NHL stars in one place—I mean, that would be cool to be to physically see them in person, especially if you're a kid. But where does most of the revenue and most of the eyeballs come from in an NHL game? It's not in the building; it's your TV audience, and there's just no incentive for anyone to watch when you're not actually there. There's no reason to root. There's no reason to care who wins. It's just simply a moneymaker for the league and, and for the city that it's in. It's it's a huge revenue bringer for the city, I would assume. You got people coming in. You got, you know, um, players coming in. You got transportation, food, all the things in the surrounding community that are going to be boosted up. But just for the general audience, it's not worth watching. And I don't know if... I think if you were to poll each of the players and ask, would you rather be here or get two weeks off? I think they take the two weeks off. Exactly, and I think you'll you'll start to see that. Um, I mean, you already have, right? And this not this is nothing new from All Star Games, whether it's in the NHL, uh, the MLB All Star Game, the NBA, the Pro Bowl, uh, in the NFL. It's nothing new for guys to decline the offer, take that off, enjoy the extra days vacation, if you will. Um, I think the Ottawa Senators have like a week and a half off. That's just due to scheduling. Some teams start up like four days before them. But why would you take that? Why would you not take that vacation if you really didn't want to be there? Right? There's no contractual obligations to be there for an NHL player. Go so, for your first time, enjoy the experience. If I'm Alexander Ovechkin, and now I understand his kid was there with him this year, different story. But if I'm a, an all star who's been there 15 times, do I really have a reason to go again? There's. I mean, they do have financial incentives within their contracts, usually, that if you make and go to an all-star game, you make a little extra money. But you're right that for those stars that are millionaires anyways, 
and probably Crosby will end up being a billionaire by the end of his life, then no, they're like, why, why, why go? It's just more, more flights, more time in the air. The coolest thing, and, and who do we hear this from? Who did we have on that talked about? Uh, was it Dave Jackson? Talked about having his kid there. And I think that's what the biggest part did, is. He did some all-star yes. games. I think that's the biggest part for these guys is being able to bring their family, being able to include their family in what they're doing, and being able to have a weekend of hockey fun that actually includes the family. Because yeah, I'm not thinking he, Alexander Ovechkin's kid travels with him to many away games. No, like you said, it's a, it's a chance for... Uh, the kids, the the wives to see see daddy on ice in a not serious setting, right? Where he can actually pay attention to you and not have to focus on the game at hand. So one more thing I wanted to get to before we get to break here, because I know we're coming up to the end of this segment. You saw the Kyrie Irving trade, right? I did. And I don't really care what happened, what comes back, what, what went. I got two questions. One, why would anyone take Kyrie? Like why? At this point... And we've done our whole Kyrie bashing tons of times. Uh, uh, plenty of times. Uh, why would you... Like, you, you haven't seen enough already to know that he is just destructive in the locker room. And yes, we haven't heard much from him in the past month or two. But it's because he made some pretty anti-Semitic comments that ended up getting him fined. And the team told him to stop. Like, told him to just go away, do not get in front of a camera, lay low. And the next thing we hear is he wants a trade. I think everybody just hopes that they can, uh, what's the right way to put this? Turn him around, I guess. Or maybe not hope they can turn him around. Hope that he has realized that maybe it's better if he just takes everything, you know, sits in the back seat, enjoys, he hasn't, plays yeah, good why, basketball. Why would, he, why would you think that he's like that now? I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to understand where maybe someone who would acquire Kyrie Irving in a trade might be coming from. I mean, he's a great basketball talent, and that's why... Like, if that trade was to Toronto, I'm not happy. Right? Like, that's not, uh, I think, a good trade. See, that's interesting. Would I be happy? I don't think happy is the right word. Does it make your team better? Sure. Sure. Do you... On the court, it'll make your team better. If you sit back and want your team to be more morally high ground, or you think that he is going to come in and just destroy the locker room, which... There's evidence he's done. He's done in the past. He's a fantastic he'll basketball player. probably do player. it again. Fantastic basketball player, but he has destroyed a bunch of locker rooms. And I think for the Mavs, it makes sense because you're looking at only like two months of him. He's a free agent at the end of the year. And if you want to offer him an extension, fine. If you don't, he can go away. The rumor was, and this was my other question, he wanted to go to the Lakers. He wanted to play with LeBron. LeBron wanted him. And even after he got traded, I think LeBron tweeted something like, is it me? Yeah, or, or it's probably me or something like that. Yeah, I saw that. And the GM of the the Nets basically said, we were not trading him to LA. I told him that if you want out, that's fine, but you're not going to where you want to go because you made my life a living hell, so I'm going to make your life a living hell. <laughs> yeah. Is that the wrong way to look at it? Is that the wrong way to take that? Because I think I it's think amazing. So. I don't think so. I think that needs to happen more, and I hate this whole player empowerment. You know how I feel. You signed a contract. Yeah. You're there. If they want to trade you, that's their right because they're paying you. You really have no say over this. If you want, if you're big enough to have a no trade in your contract, and then yes, you have you have say. If there's no no trade, and they're paying you this amount of and money, and they I'm want to s- ship you out, I'm that's sending great. you wherever I want. Exactly. So and it's going to be as far away from Los Angeles as I can be. I now, think Dallas this is the ba- away, no, I think this is the this would be the best way to end all this. Is basically if anyone says, uh, "I want out," send them to New Orleans. I don't care. Right? Send them somewhere. Send them. Get them out of here. Send them somewhere they definitely don't want to be. Yeah. New Orleans. 
I Utah. Utah. There Utah you go. Jazz. They can go with the Mormons. The Utah Jazz. Uh, Smitty Mitty Show. We're going to wrap up this segment here. Uh, more sports talk. The Super Bowl preview will come up on the other side of the show. And a little bit later on, Scott Crawford from the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame will join us. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network. Goldline would like to thank the sponsors, the volunteers, and the fans for making the Port Elgin Chrysler 23 Ontario Tankard and Scotties presented by Bruce Power such a great success. Curling has everything you're looking for in a pastime. Get started with equipment from Goldline, the choice of champions. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. Mini Mini Show back for the second segment, our second 15. Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith. And Noah Middleton. Do, 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 do. Oh, God. Are you just going to call yourself Tyler Smith? Maybe I found a different We Smith. are 124 episodes into the show, and that is the first time you've done that. Let, let alone we are, what, six, seven, eight years into a friendship? And that is the first time. Well, I mean, most friends don't just normally say each other's full names. We say it every time on the intro. So I'll let that slide. But really? 124 straight weeks? Save and accept a few weeks off over Christmas? Smith's a fairly common name. It doesn't mean I married you. It just means I found somebody with the last name Smith to marry. I hate to break it to Kara, but... Holy. Maybe maybe her maiden name was Smith. You don't know. I do. But I do know. That's the thing. I do know. Oh, so uh, okay, oh, let's... Sports. Yeah, sports. yeah. So, yeah, so Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith here joining you for the second segment. Uh, Scott... Crawford is going to join us in segment three to talk a little bit about the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame inductees coming in this year. And we're going to, I want to talk a little bit with him as well about the advanced stats that go into letting players like Scott Rowland, who we, we didn't talk about, uh, getting into, congratulations to Scott Rowland, getting into the Major League, uh, the MLB Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, getting into Cooperstown this year. Uh, I think the only inductee, right, that's making it in this year. But it's interesting with the advanced stats because obviously it shows a lot more defensive caliber, I think, when you look at things like war. And Scott Rowland was a, a very good defensive third baseman. Was he an all-star third baseman? I would argue so. Offensively, was he? No. So where do you draw that line? So I, I'm interested to have that conversation with Scott when he comes on, just as a little preview here. But right now we're going to talk NFL because how can we not? It's Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. And we're going to dive into, uh, well, just about everything to do with the big game coming up. Uh, if you're listening on St. Mary's Radio or CFOS and Owen Sound coming up this Sunday night, if you're listening in Ottawa, it's already happened. But we'll tell you our thoughts on who we think is going to come out on top. So first, we missed last week some big news. Tom Brady retiring yes. again. Was that to be expected? I think so. If I was to put it... You really... I don't I think don't anyone know. was really... Did we have that conversation a few weeks back? About we talked about we where, he was, where going. he was going. But I don't know if anyone really threw out the idea. I don't even think true insiders threw out the fact of him retiring. And then he says, or as Camp says, or somehow it leaks out, that it was either he was retiring or going back to Tampa. Those were the only two options. 
which I heard, I find hard to believe, but fine. Hey, if he doesn't want to uproot his family, his family's in Miami, just right there. Yeah. If Miami wasn't going to take him, and really, do you want to move for one year? I mean, he was only going to come back for another year. Do you believe him? Do you think there's any way he would come out of retirement? Because he'd look pretty, pretty silly for a second year in a row announcing retirement and then coming back. I don't think you can. Um, He's got I'm not. Done. I'm not trying to to get on the boat here that Tom Brady ruined or tarnished any part of his legacy by coming back and then not doing very well in his final season. Um, I'm very big on retiring on top when you have the chance, and he had the perfect storybook ending to retire on top. And he decided to come back, come out of retirement. Things did not go as planned, and now he retires again. So now I think it's got to be final, right? There's no, there's no way you can come back again out of retirement for the second time, say goodbye to your TV deal, because he's going to join uh, as a TV analyst, I believe, in 2024, he said. Again? For the second time? He can't do it. He's got to be done. He has to be. You think anything within Tom Brady regrets the decision to play one more year because it effectively ruined his marriage, right? Ruined his marriage. Uh, like I said, I don't think it ruined any of his reputation as one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback to ever do it. But when you come back out of retirement and suck. Let me change what I said, because obviously going back to play another NFL year doesn't ruin your marriage. Like there was probably some problems there pre decision to come back to the NFL. I'm assuming. But on the surface, it doesn't look good. It didn't help. Certainly didn't help. And she, uh, you could say, served with the papers, told him that they were getting divorced, whatever, during training camp when he was back. And then he took a little bit of, if you remember, he took a couple weeks to kind of gather himself and realize that his marriage is over. But that was, and football obviously had something to do with it. And not that he is like slacking around without a girlfriend right now. I'm sure he could just find one anywhere. But it was still a supermodel and his wife and the mother of his kids. I, th- I think there, there might be a little bit of regret there. T- somebody like Tom Brady has that instinct that he just wants to play. He's always good enough. He wants, you know, he's got this anger in his heart to play football. And that's what makes him great. But it also ruins a lot of relationships. You wow. see it a lot throughout some of the best athletes ever. That competitive nature and the unwillingness to step away from a sport ruins a lot of your relationships. So I don't know if right now he sits there and will think like, oh, I regret coming back last year. But I think as his life furthers and he's trying to have to deal with only seeing his kids half the time and not having a wife as we speak or not having any kind of like relate losing his relationship. I, I think there will be a little bit of regret come a little bit longer down the line. There's got to be at least a little bit. Um, you know, you always hindsight's always twenty twenty. Why did I do this? Did I make a mistake when I do this? He's going to be questioning it, I think. Um, but I think going the other way, he's probably still going to be questioning some other things, right? When uh, training camp, when the season starts to roll around next year, I would not be surprised if Tom Brady sits there. We'll never know, of course. But if he sits there and goes, "Man, I wish I was back out there again," because, like you said, he's a competitor. He loves to be out there. Loves to be on the gridiron. That's that's why he became so successful. So when next spring, summer rolls around and things start getting closer again, he's probably going to be sitting there thinking, could I do this again? But that could might, I be back out yeah. there? That TV deal kind of, like, to be on TV, to have to travel to places, to still have to do your, your, your prep work, it would basically be, I think it would be harder than actually playing. 
or at least as much work, at least as much work, because you're you're watching video, you're maybe doing two games in a weekend. If not, you're you're getting ready for the biggest game on the weekend. Usually, if you're heading there, you got to go and do your pre meetings. You got to go do player meetings. You got to try and get something, some kind of information. Then you have to perform on Sunday and have something interesting to say about what's going on in the field. I think it would be extremely hard, but it might give him that competitive edge that he doesn't actually miss the getting beat up. I think he's going to, and like I said, uh, retiring obviously this year is going to take next full NFL season off. Um, As of right now, this is what he's planning to do. Take the full next NFL season off, and then we'll join the broadcast booth the following year. But don't be surprised if that changes and he decides not to do it at all. That's what I'm thinking, at least. He might realize that after all this time, maybe I don't want to like you said, continue on with the grind because being an NFL broadcaster, a pro sports broadcaster, uh, it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of grinding as well, right? You're not out there at practice every morning, but like you said, you're still doing your prep work. It's going to be a lot for him in yeah. retirement. He's and also, you know what? He has a little bit more time now. He's, he's also got enough money that he could walk into a struggling team and you know buy part ownership stock easily. He could, if the NFL like ends up expanding into Europe, that would be an opportunity for him to own a team. Like, I think he could end up in the front office kind of like Derek Jeter. I think so. Has in a way that keeps you in the sport, but doesn't, you know, make you go through that grind. Maybe he just likes it. And who are we to say that Tom Brady's even going to be good at at any kind of broadcasting? I mean, it takes a special are, person to be People are, like, good. expecting him to be a Tony Romo, almost, right? But It's one thing to know what's happening in your head. It's another thing to vocalize it and paint a picture for everyone at home. Yeah. It's a lot harder than you think. Yeah. Speaking from we, experience we as a terrible, week. terrible broadcast. We struggle every single week doing it, but here we are. <laughs> and it, we just do baseball. There's a lot of downtime between pitches. <laughs> there is. There is. Okay, uh, we've got about seven minutes left here. The biggest game of the year coming up this Sunday in Arizona. Where do you want to start? Are we taking picks? Are Arizona? we talking about the um, underlying stories of this weekend? Does Philadelphia blow it? What are you eating on Sunday? Like, where do we go? Oh, this was, you know what? I was going to bring this up. You brought this back to me because usually I would say this to you off air, but I want to put you on the spot here because usually you give me like, eh, we'll see. If you're asking me if I'm coming over, I already got plans. With who? Friends. This is awkward. Are we shutting the show down? The the show's done. Producer, turn off the mics. Listen, I asked you like two weeks ago if you were going to come over. We're about to scrap. And I wanted you to bring a hammer so I could get my board, my dartboard up. You wanted me to come over for Super Bowl Sunday just so I can bring a hammer. No, I just wanted you to do as you were coming. You know how many hardware stores there are in this city? Well, you don't have a hammer here? No, I do, but I'm just saying. I'm you not know, going to buy one. You don't have any hardware stores. I'm not you buying pass. a hammer for one nail. When you pull out of this driveway on your way home tonight, you know how many places you will pass that you can buy a hammer? I, I need to I need to put one nail in the wall. At least seven. One. One nail. How many I'm people not- are in your apartment building? Start knocking on doors. I bet you there's three different people on your floor alone who have a hammer. I don't know them. I, I know the one lady better, beside me, and, better, the other, and the other one on the other side is like 90. What better way to get to know someone than asking if you could borrow their hammer? It's like a scene right out of a movie. <laughs> That's how all the best love stories start. That's how all the best love stories start. Well, I'm pretty upset Mrs. Now. Smith next door. Listen, when we're off air, I want take names. her name. I want names on who you are ditching myself and my beautiful wife for. Okay. Are we talking about food now? Or is everybody just upset? Well, there's no reason the to talk about over. food. I, I, th- okay. This is what my food's going to be. Nothing, because I'm all alone. Rude. Invite some friends over. 
I did. He has oh. plans. Oh, frick. Sorry to hear that, man. <laughs> I'm so bummed out. You think the... Do you think... Do you think the uh, the television companies and people who have the rights to the Super Bowl are a bit upset with how it turned out being Eagles Chiefs? No. Is this the it's least... Exactly inter- how the NFL wanted it. Is this the least interesting no, finals you could are, have? The eyes are still going to be on. Obviously, it's the Super Bowl. But I, yeah, I don't think it would be, be more with... I'm a strong believer, and take this for what it's worth, as someone who really only started watching football in the last three or four years. I'm a strong believer that the Super Bowl would get watched by just as many people every single year, no matter who's in it. Because Americans in particular, they just love the Super Bowl. It could be two of the worst teams with the smallest fan bases. And there would still be everybody watching the Super Bowl. You don't think the teams because would influence it's the it game all? because it's the weekend. It is the Super Bowl. You don't think it influences at all? I do, but I don't think the numbers sway that much. I really don't. So let's say you have and totally okay. prove me wrong. If there's numbers out there, someone can prove me wrong. Let, but I just, I just don't see it. Let's say you have something like a Cowboys Bills Super Bowl. You don't think that's going to draw more eyeballs? than a, a Chiefs for the third time in I five do. years? I do think it draws more eyeballs. I do think the numbers would be higher. But I don't think it's... Like, if the NFL is looking at TV deals and it's looking at what their numbers are, pitching them to um, you know TV stations, to sponsors, to advertisers, they're coming in with this number, and that's what it is. And if it goes way above, great. Maybe we can bump it up next year. But they've obviously got their kind of base of what... You know what? No matter what, no matter who's in the Super Bowl, if it's the Chiefs for the fourth straight year and the Eagles, who we could have predicted in like week one, it's still going to get the same amount of numbers. Like, I just think the Super Bowl itself has that draw, no matter who's playing in it. You think a team like the Eagles, who they're Andy Reid, obviously the coach of the of of, of the Kansas City Chiefs, I think six years he was the coach in, in, in Philadelphia. You think the fan base rallies behind, like the Philly fan base, and Philly fan base is just, let's let's picture them as a normal fan base right now and not the crazy Philly sure. yep. fans that we know them to be. You think you would almost appreciate if you lost and Andy Reid won a championship knowing he was there for so long? Or do you think you would ha- hold that hatred in your heart? I think you would be mad. Just because the, the Eagles lost or, I think so. or because Andy Reid won? Because the Eagles lost. I don't think you can take so that out that of someone's brain. Put that aside. Okay. I, just, I don't... Okay, I, okay. I, I said pretend like they're normal. If you're just <laughs> looking at Andy Reid and you're... Would you... If you looked at him celebrating, would you be angry or happy? I mean, pick pick a former coach of the Ottawa Senators. They've had a whole bunch. Yes, this is true. If they were to lift the Stanley Cup, would you be happy for them or sad? And they're not beating the Sens in the finals, or they are. That is a because stretch. that's that's what changes. It. That's a stretch of an imagination that that the Sens would be. Really? Have you seen your team play in the finals? Because I have. Oh no, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? In two thousand and seven against the Anaheim Ducks. How old were you? We got smushed. <laughs> I was ten. You know who didn't see them make the conference final? Anybody in Ottawa? Because nobody went. The building was packed. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Uh, we're running out of time. Are we going to just like pick our favorites here? For the Super Bowl? Or are we just going to leave that up to the imagination? Right, give of me a winner and a score. Uh, Eagles by three. 
Call it 33 to 30 on a game winning field goal. Mm-hmm. 37 yards on the field goal. You kind of took what I was going to say. So I am going to take I'm taking the Eagles 30 3021. 3021. Okay. Low scoring event. Okay. Take the Fair under. Enough. Take the under. <laughs> Take the under. Okay. Uh we gotta hit a break here. We've got more sports content coming up on the other side of the break. Scott Crawford from the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame will join us to talk about the 2023 induction class in St. Mary's, Ontario this June. You're listening to the Smedia Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. Goldline would like to thank the sponsors, the volunteers, and the fans for making the Port Elgin Chrysler 23 Ontario Tankard and Scotties presented by Bruce Power such a great success. Curling has everything you're looking for in a pastime. Get started with equipment from Goldline, the choice of champions. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show for another week. Joining us here uh, on Rogers TV, Scott Crawford, the Director of Operations at the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Scott, good to see you again. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's always good to talk baseball. I love to, especially when it's cold out and there's snow on the ground, but spring training is oh so close. It's, it's, it's February. It's the start of baseball season. The first time you hear the, the broadcast on the radio when they go to a game and Oh, it gets my back tingling. I'm already excited for it. Good, good, good. So I wanted to start here, and we were talking about it before. I'm going to give you a trivia question, and I don't really expect you to know the answer because it's actually pretty hard, but I think it's really interesting. So we'll work our way through it, and we'll uh, give some knowledge to everybody back there. So obviously the inductees going in this year, one of them is the answer. But there are four Canadian-born players that played for Montreal and Toronto. Can you give me any of them? I'm sure you can give me some of them. I can give you all of them if you want. Okay. <laughs> then it's uh, Denny Boucher. Yeah. Right. Uh, Matt Stairs, mm-hmm. Sean Hill, and Rob Ducey. Well, there you go. See, you were worried that it was going to be a hard question. <laughs> and I got a, I got a trivia question for you. Oh no. The uh, the only uh, the only Canadian who has a win for both teams. Now you only know there's only only two pitchers. You got a 50-50 chance. But the only Canadian pitcher have a win for both teams is it Sean Hill or Denny Boucher? You take one, I'll take the other. <laughs> I'm going with Denny because I feel take, like I'll take Sean. Here's my here's okay. why because he's clearly or Scott's clearly been doing some research and like just and getting his mind into these players a little bit more. So I think he came across that while he was looking at it. I think so. Well, I, I, I unfortunately I might have to say Denny's wrong and and Sean right. is correct on that one, but. Uh, <laughs> Still, uh, great, both great players. Cool to play for your hometown. I mean, Sean was born in Mississauga, grew up in Georgetown, went to high school in Milton. So um, his family lives in Georgetown. So, you know, to play for the Blue Jays and the Expos, I mean, uh, it's great. And uh, only the sour part for, uh, and I'm going off on a tangent here a little bit for you, but Rob Ducey 
uh, ended his career with an expo, climbing the wall in the outfield to try to rob a home run and tearing his Achilles tendon. That ended his big league career. Yikes. So it was a bad way to end it, but he was he was going all out. He was trying to get a home run, right? So he climbed the wall and he didn't catch it, but he put the effort in to get it. So there's another I, interesting tidbit. I think the Blue Jays would have something to say about this, but I wish that we had some kind of Canadian rivalry. You know, I wish we had the Expos back where because I I didn't I didn't get those days really. Like it, it had it did it was the early days of me remembering baseball. But you don't get those, you know, the the big clashes, the Canada versus Canada. Like you, and I think the Jays would have a problem because they obviously have a huge control over the market right now. But I I wish they would have an expansion team come back to Montreal. Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, more baseball in Canada, the better. I mean, definitely hundred percent. I mean, even though I mean Montreal's you know a long ways off from ever coming back, probably. But I mean, the Tigers are are four hours away, right? You know, so. You know, now they used to be in the same division and then it got separated. I mean, if they've ever played Cleveland and Detroit all the time again, that would be a huge rivalry since they're both afternoon drives away from each other. Um, but again, alignment is what it is. And, you know, those two are in the central and, you know, we're in the east. So we still play them a few times, but you're right. A rivalry with those teams would be pretty cool because they're so close. Let's talk a little bit about the 2023 class. Um, we knew we had to have you on the show to talk about it as soon as we saw it was announced. Um, and of course, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony coming this June to St. Mary's at the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jesse Barfield, Denny Boucher, Rich Harden, and Joe Witcher, the four gentlemen from 2023 that are going to be inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. We already started talking about Denny a little bit, so I'm going to start with him. Being a guy, and like we talked about, one of those four gentlemen who got to play on both Montreal and Toronto is that one of those things that just puts someone a little bit above and gets them into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame it's it's one of the things we look at and obviously saw I mean they can't play for the Expos anymore so I mean obviously no one else can join that group of four people that do and um you know Matt Stairs in our Hall of Fame Rob Ducey's in our Hall of Fame they're they're in because they had a much longer playing career in the big leagues where uh Denny Boucher sort of was a a variety of things got him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he he only had a cup of coffee in the big leagues, as we all know when you look up his numbers, but he still pitched 10 years of professional baseball. Um, he, he came up through, he wasn't drafted. The Canadians couldn't be drafted when he played, so it was even harder. He was an amateur free agent that was picked up um, and signed by the Blue Jays. And when you really look at his career after his playing days, I mean, he's been the head coach for Baseball Canada's uh, pitching, sorry, the pitching coach for Baseball Canada since 2003. I mean, he's won the Olympics twice. He's been the World Baseball Classic four times. He's going again this March. Um, he's won. He's got two Pan Am Games gold medals from the 2011 and 2015 teams. So, you know, he's coached baseball Canada for 20 years, and and he's been a scout since 2004 with Major League Baseball. Of course, he had his Expo connections, so he's with Washington. Of course, after the Expos left from 04 to 09, and then he's been a Yankee scout since 2010. So, you know, he's had another 18 years of scouting, and and not that his career's done. He's got a long ways to go, but when you combine his playing, his coaching, his scouting, um, it all wraps into why he's he's a well-deserved Hall of Famer. So Jesse Barfield, that would be kind of the name that everyone would unanimously recognize. Was that just kind of one of those no-brainers when you know his name comes along the desk that, well, yeah, he's obviously getting in? It was. I mean, it, we have a selection committee spread across Canada that does the voting for, the, uh, for who gets in the Hall of Fame. And so there's a panel and you need 75% to get in and like all Hall of Fames, it should be hard to get in, um, you know, which ours is as well. And But Jesse Barfield, yeah, I mean, he took a few years to get in, and, and he's sort of the 
sort of the, the closing of that great outfield from the 80s, right? I mean, George Bell was 2013, Lloyd Mosby was 2018, and now we've got Jesse in 2023. Um, so, you know, that, that outfield in the 80s was, the you know, considered the best in baseball. And if you look at those three guys, they all had very unique aspects of their game. And and uh, Lloyd had his speed and defense. Jesse or George had his hitting. And, and Jesse had, I would say, the most well-rounded, a bit of both. Now, looking at the uh, the Hall of Fame class here, for, for someone who's maybe watching this or listening to this who doesn't know a lot about the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, they might wonder why a guy like Jesse Barfield uh, can get into the Hall of Fame. But one of the things I like most about the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame is you get a mix of your Canadian guys, you get a mix of the guys who have played on Canadian teams, and overall, there's people who have had the chance to affect Canadian baseball. It is. I mean, 70% of our Hall of Famers are Canadian. And the other 30% are, are like the Jesse Barfields of the world, the Roy Hallidays, the Vladimir Guerreros, the Steve Rogers, Dave Steve type people. You know, they've done something significant in baseball in Canada. You can't just play for a cup of coffee or one season for the Blue Jays and think you're getting in our Hall of Fame. I mean, you have to done something. If you go down our list, everyone's done something significant in the game or played a decade with the Blue Jays or Expos. And, and Jesse falls right into that category. Again, he was the guy... You know, other than Lloyd and George are in the Hall of Fame, I mean, Tony Fernandez in the Hall of Fame, or any Witts in the Hall of Fame, um, hitter-wise. So, I mean, Jesse Barfield was, you know, sort of the missing link from those 80s teams that, that everyone watched. Why you turned on the Blue Jays in the 80s was to see Jesse Barfield throw the ball from the third base from right field or to crush a home run when he won the American League home run title in, in 86. So, it's well-deserved for him. Uh, this question just kind of came across my mind as we were talking about that, and I don't know if you'll have a good answer for it, but I'll try. Uh, the When a player gets drafted to the Toronto Blue Jays and plays in Canada versus somebody that signs later and plays the latter end of their career, would that affect in any way the committee or your mentality towards uh, a player that chose to come to Canada to play versus a player that was just drafted to Canada and really didn't have an option? Not really in my mind. I mean, I don't have a vote. The committee's uh, a bunch of expertise across the country. But I think, you know, if you're drafted by them, yeah, you're brought into them um, without, I mean, you can choose not to sign, I guess, obviously, but most kids, I call them kids because they're all 20 years old. Um, most kids will choose to sign and uh, go on their career. And it's more like longevity, though. I mean, again, if you, you sign when you're 35 and, and play two years, like, for example, Paul Molitor, Paul Molitor, Hall of Fame player in Cooperstown, obviously one of the best all time ever. Um, he signed, played for a couple of years, and then and then went on to his other teams. So, as amazing player as he was, I would think the committee wouldn't look at him as a as a Hall of, Canadian Hall of Famer just because his longevity wasn't there in in Canada, even though he was here for you know the World Series years and and a couple of years after. Yeah, it's something we always look at when you go up and down or if you take a stroll through uh, the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame in St. Mary's and you look at all these different names. There's there's such an interesting mix, I'll call it, of different players, right? You got your guys that um, were Canadians, right? Born here in Canada. Um, some of them even played for the Canadian baseball teams in the major leagues. Some just had big contributions. And then you've got your all-star, um, fantastic baseball players who also had those contributions to Canadian baseball, whether it be with the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, the Montreal Expos, the like. And uh, it's just something I've always enjoyed. Uh, one of the other guys getting inducted this year, Rich Harden, is someone that I grew up watching. Um, I got to see him in video games as I was a youngster. Um, and as a pitcher, as someone who's super interesting, is Rich Harden. And of course, a Canadian himself. He, to me, 
seems like the this guy's a no-brainer to get into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. For sure. And if you look at his career, I mean, he was he was went in, in, excuse me, he was in Oakland in the early 2000s when they had Mulder and Zito and and uh, 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 Hudson, you know, the big three. And he was the 21 year old kid that was, you know, finishing off that rotation of all stars already. So he says how he was sort of like he's walking into a group of, of all stars of people he looked up to when he was 21 years old and called up to the big leagues. And, you know, he was in, you know, the money ball time with Oakland when they were, you know, when they were a very successful team with pitching and defense and, and getting on base, which was just the key back then, which makes a lot of sense. But uh, he, 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 again, he grew up, he played premier ball in the, in BC. He went off to Florida or he went off to the States for college and he came back and he, he played nine years, pitched nine years in the big leagues. And he's one of the guys that, you know, is what could have been right. I mean, you look at his career, he just, he pitched 170 games. He had 3.76 ERA. Um, in 2008, his ERA was 2.07 in 148 innings. So, I mean, talk about untouchable that year. Um, but it was always surrounded by injuries. His shoulder just didn't go for him, you know, long enough. I mean, he still pitched almost 1,000 innings in the big leagues. But he said his shoulder just wasn't there. And especially the last couple of years, he tried to fight through injuries and, and keep it going. But he still ranks, you know, he, he's through almost 1,000 innings in the big leagues. He ranks sixth all-time in strikeouts. His war is sixth all-time for pitchers. Um, so it tells you when he was there, he was, he was one of the best in the, in the game. And our final inductee of 2023, Joe Witcher, um, from Manitoba. This is a great story because it's not someone that we know or recognize from having a big league experience. Someone that was a, a star pitcher, a star hitter in the major leagues or had a good pro career. Uh, but someone who gave really everything to baseball here in Canada and in his home province of Manitoba, seven decades of experience helping out in the baseball community. Uh, these are the type of people that I think are the most interesting to read about when you go to the baseball hall of fame. There is. And like you say, we've got 155 hall of famers. Once you add these foreign and people go to the plaque gallery and you know, they'll, they'll look and they'll know, for example, Fergie Jenkins. But you look all around his plaques and you don't know the five people around us. So you sit and you read them. I think this will be this year, too. They're going to they're going to see Jesse Barfield's plaque. But right below it is going to be Joe Weichert's plaque. And they're going to be like, oh, well, who's Joe? And what did Joe do? You know, they know Jesse. They know how great a player he was. But they're going to read Joe's plaque. Right. And that's what's cool. I mean, he's seven decades. Like, imagine 70 years old or 70 years in the game. He's 88 years old. So he started just as an 18-year-old coaching ball Um as a volunteer, right? Like all the coaches are. And he just worked his way up, worked his way into the game. He helped form the Manitoba Baseball Association in the 60s. He for, he built the Manitoba Baseball Hall of Fame in the 90s. Um, and he just retired from the Manitoba Baseball Hall of Fame last year at age 88. So he's uh, he's done everything in the game across the province. He's helped with Baseball Canada. And he's one of those stories that we always like to tell and like to honor because, again, without these guys, how does the Corey Koskies of the world um, make it to the big leagues and, and play minor ball in, in Manitoba? Well, Joe Weichar was a big part of every kid who played minor ball in Manitoba for, for the last several decades. Uh, yeah, that it's, I mean, it's absolutely amazing to, to not only give that much of your life, but as you mentioned, to be a volunteer for that much of your life too. It's not like he's there making millions of dollars. He's there giving back to the community, giving back to the kids uh, just out of the goodness of his own heart. And it is, it's pretty cool to be recognized uh, by something as prestigious as the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, 
and kind of give your life a little bit of a bow on it to know that like you did make a difference in, in those all those years in baseball. Yeah, and that's what's great about our committee is that we're not just players, right? I mean, this year we have uh, an executive. I call Danny Boucher more like a coach because he's coached for 20 years. Um, then we have the Canadian player, Rich Harden, and then we have Blue Jay player, um, um, Jesse Barfield. So we sort of get four different categories again in one year, which is to me is really important. And I'm glad the committee sort of went that way with their votes. And and we have four great individuals coming in and on June 17th is their big day. Can you give me your Mount Rushmore of Canadian baseball players? Yeah. Um, Is that even possible? <laughs> it's actually on the spot. How, uh, Mount Rushmore. How many people do I get? How many, are on uh, how many, how many heads are on Rushmore? There's Mount four Rushmore. on Rushmore, four? right? Four. Okay. Was, well, I mean, the first two are really easy. I mean, Fergie Jenkins and Larry Walker. Those were best pitcher yeah. ever, were, best hitter ever. We were going to ask you who the best ever was, and then okay. I was we like, decided that we couldn't. Well, he asked me that, and I go, he's, "He's got two options, yeah. I think." Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad to hear those two were the first. <laughs> I look. The, the next two are really, really hard. I mean, I, I like to look at a lot of uh, things that you know, uh, both sides of the game, right? You know, and I, I, I like the war stat. You know, talks about O war and D war, um, how they compare players, and and you look at guys. These last two are pretty tough, but guys like Russell Martin. Russell Martin was a catcher for over a thousand games of the big leagues. He's one of about 10 or 12 Canadian players to have a plus D war and a plus O war um, in the history of game, you know, him and Corey Kosky um, as well. But again, you look at guys like Justin Morneau, Joey Votto, um, you know, Ryan Debster, Russell Ford, Russell Ford played for the Yankees in the early 1900s. Look at his numbers. He was unbelievable in the early 1900s for the Yankees that no one no one remembers him. Um, so I, I need more heads than the Mount Rushmore Mountain, I think. <laughs> but uh, the um, but, I mean, top two are easy. And then, you know, you could argue over the next four or five. I mean, Joey Votto's got to be up there, of course, um, hitting wise, because he's going to probably break all Larry's records by the time he's done. And, uh, you know, Justin Morneau, but Russell Martin, Corey Kosky are probably two of the ones that people should look up more and look pay more attention to them because they were – they were the great on uh, both sides of the place, both sides of the game. So you mentioned war there and not to bring up the other side, but, but Cooperstown letting Scott Rowland in this year created a bunch of conversation about advanced stats when it comes to the hall of fame. Do you think that players before the advanced stat age, like how should that affect or does it affect or to you, would it affect um, those players and their eligibility for the Canadian baseball hall of fame? Yeah, I think, I mean, the more stats out there, I think, help explain how people do. Um, it's it's really hard to compare, I'll say, Babe Ruth to Barry Bonds. I mean, just a generational, right? There's 100 years difference. Um, both obviously great home run hitters. Both had interesting lifestyles, um, but they both, you know, they both have over 700 career home runs. and um, But the war stats... To help bring out um, or current statistics i guess like war help bring out and help try to compare things but it is it is really hard um i'm a type of guy who i like to watch the game i'm not necessarily all into the you know the thousand different stats i like to throw it on tv these days i like to watch the game and and see from my own eyes what what the player looks like but um it does help compare because i mean you look at the numbers i mean uh, rich harden had a 17.9 war over nine years Right. That means he was basically a, 
a two-war player every single year he played, which it means, I think they say a three-war player is an all-star. Um, so being a two-war player on average every single year he played means he was a, you know just missed being an all-star every single year. It also kind of helps highlight the defensive side of baseball, I think, a little bit more because, I mean, everyone sees the offensive stats. Everyone gets excited with all the runs and runs, right? But the advanced stats kind of give us a better glimpse at how good defensively, how much of a difference do they make defensively, which is kind of a lost side of baseball. It is, and it's an interesting side because, I mean, you look and you go back and look at, you know, the Gold Glove Awards from the 80s and 90s and a lot, you know, some people say that a lot of players got it because of their name. I mean, the year Rafael Palmeiro won a gold glove at first base, he DH'd all year, right? So how, how does that make sense? Um, but the, uh, you know, so defensive metrics help that now. Sabre's helping that quite a bit. So they got a lot of stats on defense, which I think you're right, is where you need it. Where You can see if a hitter hits 40 home runs and drives in 120, but it's hard for the average fan to see how, how good defensively, how many runs saved did they have. I mean, some of those outfielders, and like the Blue Jays outfield will be much, much better defensively this year uh, with Varshall and, and Kiermaier. Our offense won't be as good, but with our defense, the best in baseball possibly for the, our outfield, um, we shouldn't need to score as many runs because we got, you know, our if they can say all three of those outfielders stay on the field and actually play, I would say we'll be the top two or three defensive outfield in all of baseball. We are right up against the wall in terms of time. Uh couple of 2020, uh, 2020 inductees actually coming in uh, to the Hall of Fame as well this summer. John Allard, two times World Series champion with the Toronto Blue Jays, um, and Jacques Doucette as well, legendary uh, broadcaster with the Expos and now with the Blue Jays on television. Uh, we'll be joining those four gentlemen uh, in St. Mary's this summer. You mentioned the date, June the 17th. Um, Scott, if you don't mind, tell our listeners, tell our viewers um, where they can get tickets. Are tickets still available? When do they go on sale? All the details for this June 17th date. For sure. It's a three-day festival uh, weekend. We kick it off in Toronto with the opening pitch welcome event at Left Field Brewery. So there'll be tickets on sale for that. It's it's a small, intimate event, about 100 people at it. So it's a really great opportunity to get up and close with the inductees. Then we have our celebrity golf tournament on June 16th back in the St. Mary's. And again, it's a fundraising golf tournament and banquet. Um, tickets will be on sale for both those events sort of by the end of February. The induction ceremony on Saturday is a free event. So just come on out. Um, there's food, there's beverages, there's a silent auction, there's ball games, there's an autograph session. But if you're really into these inductees and really want to get the experience, um, we have a membership opportunity that allows you to, you know, get reserved seats. Um, if you buy a high price membership, you can have dinner with Jesse Barfield. Um, so, and different things that allow, benefits allow the weekend to be a little more fun if you're a diehard uh, fan of one of the inductees. Awesome, Scott. Well, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to join us. Uh, always a pleasure to talk. And uh, we know that when those inductees roll around again next year, we'll bring you on again and see who's getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame in St. Mary's. Excellent. Love to talk to you guys anytime. You know how to get a hold of me. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis... My advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in King Carden and Port Elgin. Goldline would like to thank the sponsors, the volunteers, and the fans for making the Port Elgin Chrysler 23 Ontario Tankard & Scotties presented by Bruce Power such a great success. 
Curling has everything you're looking for in a pastime. Get started with equipment from Goldline, the choice of champions. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network, wrapping things up for yet another week. Big thank you, Scott Crawford, for joining us there in segment three. The Director of Operations at the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame talking about the incoming class 2023. Uh, four new gentlemen will make their way into the halls of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, which, Mr. Middleton, you have never been to. You have never once been to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. So we're going to have to get you out there. Anyways, we're right up against the wall. We're going to wrap things up here for another week. Big thank you to Dave Middleton at Sun Life Financial in King Carden. Life is brighter under the sun as well as Goldline Curling, the choice of champions, helping make this show possible every single week. We'll see you next week here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. Bye.